Jackson by Cindy Maravito. Prologue, Ghosts in the Boneyard. Insanity in a novel is different than living with it every day. I know because my mother was insane. I'd lived with it every day of my life. I spent a good deal of time looking out at the real world, a world I never really felt I was a part of. I was always out there looking in. I knew if I allowed myself inside to participate, it would break me. So to protect myself and my own sanity, I watched. Maybe being a misfit and an outsider saved me. This story is about what happened in Jackson, Mississippi back in 1970. It was enough to drive even the strongest of people slap crazy. A lot of people have joked at me and said, you're crazy, like they do. I always think if they only knew. I haven't thought about Jackson for a long, long time. Looking back now, feels like I'm walking through an old cemetery where they forgot to tend the graves. We used to call them boneyards back in East Texas where I come from. What happened back there in Jackson feels almost like I'm watching a movie that happened to somebody else. I remember that first day of school there in Jackson. We had just moved to town. My mother Grace, my sister Willie, and myself. We'd sneaked out of Beaumont on a Greyhound without telling a soul in the middle of the night. We had left out of there so fast, I'd barely had time to say goodbye to my dog. It wasn't just an ordinary school day with students returning after Christmas break. Jackson was one of the last school districts to integrate in the United States. In fact, the police had been called out. They had formed a blue line around the entry. They wore the look on their faces that the law was trained to wear. You couldn't tell if they were there to protect the white students or the black ones. It was a cold Wednesday day that January and a funny day to start back to school, hump day. I'd looked up segregation in the dictionary. It referred to the isolation of a particular race into separate units. That's what I'd read. It seemed unnatural to me. I was enrolled as a sophomore at Murrah High School in Jackson. Murrah had the feel of a rich person's school. I stood outside looking at the I stood outside looking at the front of it for a while that morning. I watched all the students arriving by car, nice cars. Murrah High School was named after a white man and situated in Bellhaven. I knew all about places like Bellhaven. In Beaumont, where I'd come from, it was Thomas Road. Every town had a rich district. The students looked like people in Seventeen Magazine, well put together and comfortable. A big yellow bluebird school bus hissed up to a stop and snapped open its bifold doors like an open trap. About ten young black students were seated inside, nervous fear on their faces. I knew how they felt. Water seeks its own level, and I was scared too. The driver turned back toward them and said something awful to them. Slowly, one by one, they began stepping off that bus like they were landing on Mars. The sight of all those police and squad cars sent a strong message. One girl caught my eye. She was about my age, maybe a little older. I was struck by how carefully she had dressed that morning. Everything was perfect. I recognized in her the attention to detail girls labor over. She had her hair processed in the style of a soft, 
turned under bob with a pink bow. She wore a plaid jumper and a winter coat. Girls wore dresses then. She was scared and it showed on her face. But I saw something else there. I saw hope there. When I think back on that day so very long ago, it seems surreal, almost like I was another person. I think that must be the effect trauma has on the mind and the body. Things would happen in Jackson, bad things. I called to mind an old black and white photograph I'd seen of a lynching. A dead man was hanging from a tree by a rope and a group of white people were standing around looking at him in the picture. They were all dressed up like they were going to a county fair. One young girl, about 10 or 12, stood right close to the swinging body, her hands clasped in front of her. She had short cropped hair like they wore, like Jean Louise Finch in Harper Lee's book, To Kill a Mockingbird. They used to cut my hair like that. The girl was smiling up at the figure. One thing survived from back then, almost 50 years ago. The paper it's written on is so old and yellow, it looks like it wants to curl up and stay dead. I don't know why I kept it all these years, other than to try and not forget everything that happened. It's my government report on Emmett Till, written that year when I was 15 years old. I wasn't a child when we got to Jackson, but left there as an adult. My name is Jody Luther.